theyeshiva.net. Good morning, everybody. Welcome, Bruchem Aboyim. Today's class is dedicated in the merit of Pesha, Sasi, Bashena Pesha, for Rafur Shlema, Rafur Kroive, complete and speedy recovery. Laharichis Yom and Rishonim for many, many long, happy, healthy, joyous, prosperous, and serene years. And thank you so, so much for your partnership now and in the past and in the future. Class is also dedicated by our dear friend Reb Nochem Lutkowski in the loving memory of his dear beloved father, the famous Chassid of Samarkand, Reb Shimon ben Yisrael, in tribute to his 51st yard site, which will be on Tuesday, Chag Hagaula Yutes Kislev, the 19th of Kislev, May he serve as an eternal source of inspiration, light, and blessing to you, to the entire family, to the entire community, and to all of us. Thank you so, so much for your partnership. Thank you so much for your friendship. So in the previous classes, on this Maimer, Torah, the beginning of Parshas Vayeshev, the Alter Rebbe, after discussing a few of the questions, the first and biggest question was the apparent redundancy in the opening of Ayeshev that Yaakov dwelled in the home, in the land where his father lived, in the land of Canaan, which seems redundant. We know that his father lived in Canaan. It could have just said he dwelled in the land of his father, or it could have said he dwelled in the land of Canaan. He goes into a long discussion about Canaan from a spiritual perspective, the counterpart of the physical material Canaan. Knan in Tanakh means a business person, a merchant. And he explained how the entire process of creation and of life is based on the concept of how business business works. The reason that Hashem made and designed in the world that business works in this fashion, where I have to invest and, so to speak, squander money with a risk that it may be lost in the process, in the investment, whether I'm buying merchandise that I have to then sell afterwards and make a profit and a revenue, or I'm investing in a venture or in a corporation or in a business, whatever it is, whatever form of business it is. But even in the most classic ancient sense where I buy something and then ultimately I'm going to sell it, there is always that element of risk. Sometimes it's a small risk where the revenue will be smaller. Sometimes it's a big risk because it's more money and there's more at stake and I have to sell much more and I need the right clients and I need the the finances to be available, etc. So as a result of that, there is always the risk, but only then can I hopefully, Be'ez Rasha, make even a larger profit. Why is the system that way? We say, well, that's how it is. It's just, uh, it's just that's the way the world works. But there's a reason for this. And the reason, the spiritual reason for this is because this really reflects the design of creation and the purpose of creation. And he speaks a lot about the descent of the Shekhinah, into exile, which is also a form of an investment, where apparently it loses. And yet when you lose your money, that's when you gain your money. The soul descends into this world, it also loses. It gets squandered, its energies, its gold and silver, its love and awe, as we explained. Kesef is love, Yir is awe. Zahav is awe. Gold and silver represent awe and love, reverence and affection. And they seemingly get lost, or at least diminished. You can't compare the spiritual experience of the soul pre-descending into this world to the experience of the soul post-descending of this world. Nonetheless, the profit that's gained is extraordinarily beyond what could have been imagined. And the key point that was made in the Maimer, now this, I have to say, is an extremely, extremely profound point. I'm going to say it here in very brief words just to summarize what we learned. But it's really... It's really, I would say, a, 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 a mind-blowing idea, an astoundingly, astoundingly profound idea, which has ramifications literally on every level of, of, of spiritual growth and emotional growth and psychological growth and mental growth. Excuse me. And the key point was that all of creation, all of creation is about the condensing of infinite energy into words and stories. That is the definition of creation. 
Parashas Bara Lekim, Es HaShemayim Ve'es As the Maggit says, as Yeret said, is this Tuesday. It's interesting. This year, Yutas Kislev is on Tuesday, just like the first year of the Geula, of the Alter Rebbe, was also on Tuesday. That's why he was saying uh, to Hillam, Kapitel Nun Hei, with the Pasuk, Pada B'Shalom Navshi. He writes in a letter to Rebbe Baruch of Mezhebush and of Litzik of Badichev, that he was saying to Hillam in the, his prison cell, and when he came to the Pasuk, Pada B'Shalom Navshi Mekrovli Kibirab Mahayu Imadi. My soul was redeemed in peace from the war against me. The multitudes have supported me. Before he came to the next verse, they they have emancipated him. Yatsasi b'shalem mehashem shalem. Why was he saying kapitel non Because the Tehillim is divided into days of the month. It's also divided into days of the week. Chapter ninety five, chapter fifty five is Tuesday. Since Yutas Kislev was on a Tuesday, so the Alter Rebbe was saying Tehillim the way it was divided in the days of the week. He knew Tehillim by heart. I don't think they had they allowed him to have any books there. So he would go through the, the day of Tehillim, spend the rest of the day in prayer or learning. And as a result of that, he said that verse. And right after that verse, they have liberated him from the czarist imprisonment on Yutaskiso. So it was also on a Tuesday this year. It's also on a Tuesday. Just a footnote. So it's also the yardset of the Magad of Mizrich. Magad of Mizrich, obviously years earlier, 1772, Tafkuf Lamed uh, uh, Gimel. 1772, December 1772, and then the Alter Rebbe was liberated 1798, Tafkuf Nuntas, both on the same day. The, before he passed away, the Magad turned to the Alter Rebbe, his student, and he said, Yutas Kislev is Unzer Yoim Hilula. Yutas Kislev, the 19th of Kislev, is our wedding, our anniversary, so to speak, our our day of celebration, because the Magid, his soul, completed its mission on that day, and the Alter Rebbe was released from imprisonment on that day. So the Magid predicted this years before, he said it's going to be our Yom Hilula, our celebration day. So the Magid says, The definition of creation is S, Oisius, letters, Aleph Tov, Aleph Tov, from Aleph Tov. Creation took infinity and defined it and compressed it and um, filtered it through the medium of letters, which means descriptions, definitions. And therefore, even the highest world, the highest state of consciousness is a thought. It's some type of, of experience. It's some type of spiritual, abstract, transcendent definition. And therefore, the Zohar says, No thought can grasp him. Because him is not a him either. It's not an H-I-M, and it's not a she, a S-H-E, and it's not even an it, an I-T, not masculine, not feminine, and not transcending masculine or feminine. It's something that is beyond the language of man, and not just the language of man, the language of the highest souls and the highest angels and the highest worlds. It's beyond any form of language. It's infinity, and even infinity is language. We imagine infinity as everywhere. So therefore, the Alter Rebbe says, really, even the highest experiences, spiritual experiences of the soul in paradise, pre its coming down, basically it can capture the way divinity is manifested within the categories, within the words, within the descriptions which define creation. And that's how it is. And there's only one place where that changes, and that's in our world. And in very simple language, because of the trauma that we experience in our world, we are compelled to strip ourselves of language. We are challenged, we are stimulated to go out of our stories because with our stories, we cannot survive in this world. Our stories are too limiting, our stories are too impairing, our stories are too paralyzing. So it's in this world that I have to strip myself from all my garments. I have to say goodbye to everything I say about myself. I have to strip myself from every form of self-conceptualization. And in that process, it's in this world that the soul touches the pure source of everything, the pure reality of everything, which is pure infinity. So that's the ultimate investment. The soul comes down, apparently it loses so much. But it loses so much, and it finds God. It finds what he calls Ru'usa Deliba, the Pnimius Halev, the deepest core. This is the Maimed that explains to us not only how to heal from trauma, it also explains to us why there's trauma. That's the uniqueness here. He doesn't only explain to us how to heal, how to go back to our pristine essence, Chadesh Yemenu Kekedem. He teaches us why it is in the first place.
not, I don't mean as a rational explanation or justification, but why this? Why is there this experience in the world? Why? Why would it be there? And how do I look at my life and say, why do I have to confront all of these things? But it's in that process, the process of liberating myself from all stories, from all words, from all language, from all descriptions, because all trauma begins with language. It begins with stories I tell myself about myself. It's where my core beliefs about myself and therefore about others are compromised and seriously compromised. My core beliefs are are, are blemished, are shattered, are broken, are misconstrued, are off. And as a result of that, my life becomes narrow. My consciousness becomes restricted. In this world, it's because of the frustration that I am experiencing a catalyst for rebirth. I am compelled to undo and to liberate myself from all description, from all language. And therefore, in that process, what do you touch? You touch the pure essence that can't even be described as essence. You go back to the resource that's higher than all the worlds you can't experience, even in Elam Haba. Now, we could talk about this for a few years, <laughs> maybe a few decades and maybe a few centuries and maybe a few millennia. That's the truth, because this is life. This is the oxygen of life, of the, dealing with, with, with inner wounds and trauma, in my opinion. But let's move on. So we are up to, we're in the middle of the Maimir. Where are we holding? We are, we, we finished the first paragraph, we're at the second paragraph. That would be page 53, and the first column starts Vihine. Chav Zayin, column one. Vihine says, Dalter Rebbe, Bisman, Shohaya Besamikdash Kayam, Hoya Nimshech Pchine Zuru Usa Dalibe Megillion, and Sev Baruch Behechel Kotche Kadoshim. When the Beis Hamikdash existed, this this experience, the desire of the heart, which is the revelation, it's it's a it's Yeruusa the Liba is really Ein Saif being manifested in your heart. So this was expressed in the epicenter of the world, which is the Holy of Holies, Kamashakas of Batanya. It's expressed in a person's desire being aligned with Hashem's desire. As the Pasuk says, the Navi says, you will become for me a earth, a land full of chayfets, full of desire. Doesn't only mean you're my desired land, like you're my desired possession, but he says, the Alter Rebbe says it's deeper. Eretz chayfets means you are the vessel that's filled with chayfets, with Ratzayin, with God's will, because my will becomes aligned with God's will. But yet, it didn't remain that way. We didn't remain in the Kodesh HaKadoshim with the Beis HaMikdash in Eretz Yisrael. There was an experience of exile. So the Rebbe is going to say, just like when the soul came down into this world, there is the loss of so much, and yet it's really not loss, but that's where the soul regains and reinvents itself and finds the pure essence, as he said in the previous paragraph, that the neshama reaches something that could never reach before it came down into the body. The same is true on the next level, in the descent from a place of Eretz Yisrael into exile. In the time of exile, the Pasuk says, you're going to search for Hashem from there, from there, from the place where you have been sent to, the places where you have been scattered to. Ubikashtam misham. From there, you're going to look for Hashem. Umatsasa, you're going to find Him. Misham daika from there, from there. And that's the, that's the key point here. That just as we explained, when the soul comes down into this world, misham from there, from that experience, the soul can re- find its own truth, Hashem, in its deepest, in, a, in the deepest, deepest way, that it could have never happened when things were settled, when things worked. Why? Because when things work, so now you hold on to language because it works for you. It's only when the person 
is confronted by this realization that, there, that this is not working, that this is dysfunctional, that there's something off here. So now I am challenged to go out of my garments, to, go, to stop telling my stories, to release myself, to emancipate myself from every form of self-conceptualization. And then you can touch a place of essence where there's really no words, where there are really no thoughts, where machshava ceases, where oisius, where letters and descriptions and words cease. It's that openness to pure infinity where I'm not going to wrap my brain around it, where I'm not going to define myself in a certain way. That is where true freedom rings. That is where true freedom happens. It's from there, from that place precisely, that you're going to find everything. Why from that place? Not from here. I was looking earlier. The Mittler Rebbe, I told you many times that the memoriam of the Alter Rebbe were written by different writers. Sometimes the same discourse written by different writers. So the theme is always the same. But you know, different, different, different people hear different things. So this Maimah in Tayyar was written by the Alter Rebbe's brother. They called him the Maharil, Rabbi Yehuda Leib. But uh, there's another sefer called Maimari Admur Hazakin, al Hatayra on the Parshish. And there you have the same Maimah but it was written by the Mittler Rebbe, the Alter Rebbe's son. So he has a line. So sometimes when I prepare the Maimarim, I read different versions because each one gives you clarification in another component. He says, so the Alter Rebbe says like this, the, the Mittler Rebbe and the Maimar says like this, in Galus it says, I'm quoting from the Mittler Rebbe's Maimar, I'm quoting from through Golos, they're going to, you're going to have tremendous revenue. It's like the merchant, the business person who squandered and lost so much money, but he has so much revenue. Over there, they'll find God in his essence. Not from Ganeiden. Ganeiden, you'll never find this. From there, you're going to find it. From there, from that place where things are not working out. From that place where you have to say goodbye to your concept of what life looks like, what life is supposed to look like. Very hard to explain this if you didn't experience it. If you experienced it, you know what I'm talking about. Misham, Misham. And the Alter Rebbe explains. The Hainu, Kshayisboid, Kshayisboid, and... The Hainu, this means... Kshayisboid, and Allah heipich medarke Hashem echshorachim Hashem betachta sarichok. Over there, the person becomes aware of the distance how remote one can be from infinity, from Hashem, from infinity, I, become, I realize how restricted I am, how, how exiled I am, how confined I am. I'm in solitary confinement. When I realize that, without realization, without awareness, we're not going anywhere. There has to be a realization of that, which is why self-awareness is so important. Because there's no craving for redemption if I'm not aware that I'm in exile. But when a person becomes aware, and he understands that in this world and in Gullus, there can be even somebody who lives a whole, uh, their whole life completely misaligned with Hashem's plan, with Hashem's desire. And yet, everything gets life from God. Even trauma lives from God. And even that person who lives a life completely misaligned from God's will, that person and his or her thoughts and consciousness is also living from Hashem. What do we say in the morning of Davening? In Davening, he says, you give life to everybody and everything. So everything, including dysfunction, including trauma, including that person whose life is experiencing dissonance, my very ability to be able to experience thoughts and emotions and feelings and sensations, 
that are completely misaligned with my, the, the infinite flow of life, that itself is part of the infinite flow. On this, our sage is saying, Perkyov is kama erech apayim How much erech apayim lefonov? Literally, erech apayim is one of the descriptions of the 13 attributes of compassion. That Hashem has long patience. <laughs> he, he has a lot of patience. Erech apayim, his, his wrath doesn't burn swiftly and impulsively. There's a lot of patience. So he explains deeper, it's always from erech apayim. Erech apayim literally means a long face, Arich Anpin. Arich also means that the wrath is extended, this patience. But we're still going to explain what it really means. Nimshek v'nishtal shalom adregas al yoyin is derech nefila. L'hachir sa'akam avshem evritzayna. It's from that state of Arich that God's energy evolves and it falls down in order to give vitality even to akum. Akum represents idolatry, meaning everything that's alien to the divine, even though it's against his will, that itself comes from him. This is the meaning, Chazal tell us, that when Rabbi Akiva, after the destruction of the second temple, the end of Maseches Makos, an incredible story that Akiva was walking with his, with his colleagues, with his friends. Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Leza, they were traveling, and they came close to Rome, and they heard, they heard, the sounds of Rome, the ecstasy, the music, the celebrations, nightlife. I don't know, those of you who know well the history of Rome, you know how the kings would celebrate, how the senators would celebrate, how the aristocrats would celebrate. They knew how to throw a party. The slaves, of course, would serve and the aristocrats would, the aristocrats would enjoy life. And the sages heard what you would call Rome was happening. It was a happening place. They started to cry. And Rabbi Akiva started to laugh. So they asked Rabbi Akiva, why are you laughing? So he said, why are you crying? So they said, Yerushalayim lost its nightlife. Yerushalayim lost its life. God's stool, the house of Hashem has been devoured by flames. It's gone, it's gone. Yerushalayim, Jerusalem was decimated. Adrian flattened the mountaintop, the Temple Mount, Harabayas. This is the time to mention our brothers and sisters in Jerusalem, especially what happened right near the, this is what we're talking about, that happened right near the Harabayas, the Temple Mount, literally just a little while ago. May all those who need a complete recovery have a complete and speedy recovery. And may Hashem avenge the blood of the victim. So the house of Hashem is completely consumed. It's destroyed. There's no nightlife in Jerusalem. There's no daylife in Jerusalem. Nobody visits anymore. The city was decimated. I told you, Adrian, he flattened the mountain. When you look at Temple Mount, you don't see a mountain, Harabayas. You just see a elevated platform. He lowered it, I think, by a thousand feet and he flattened the mountain. He changed the name of Jerusalem to Ayala Capitalana. He changed the name of Judea to Palestine. The first name didn't stick. The second name stuck to add insult to injury because Palestine is named for the Philistines, which was one of the tribes in Canaan, the Plishtim, that the Jews had to deal with in the first conquest. Living in the Gaza area. So he changed it to Palestine. So Rabbi Kiva says, so they tell Rabbi Kiva, how could you not cry? The contrast of Rome to Jerusalem. So what did Rabbi Kiva answer? <laughs> this is only Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Kiva said, that's why I'm laughing. And then it's the next line here in the Maimim. Rabbi Kiva said, that's why I'm excited. If this is what God is allowing to happen, to those who are completely misaligned with his will. They completely corrupt the divine energy and use it to murder slaves, for gladiators, for abuse of human rights, and for everything that existed in the Roman Empire, which was a mighty and fearsome empire, but was full of tyranny and brutality and sadism and torture, especially to people who were not from the aristocracy. If this is what God is allowing for every Ritzayna, imagine those who fulfill His will. 
So literally everybody translates. Rabbi Akiva was saying, you know, one day when the Jewish people, will, when Jerusalem will get its reward, ah, it's going to be geschmack. But the Altarebbe says he's saying something deeper. Saying it short, very deep. Dr. Rebbe is saying what Bakiva was saying as follows. The whole reason that Hashem allowed his energy to get lost, to get squandered in Ivri and those who transgress his will, on those who are alienated from his will, the whole reason he allowed this nefila which is a form of losing your money, losing your energy. God's energy has fallen and assumed an incarnation of people and countries and cultures and philosophies and political systems and governments and regimes and empires that completely not only don't project divine oneness, divine love, divine morality, divine ethics, divine compassion, divine unity. On the contrary, their entire structure, their entire essence is alienated from it. What was the whole point? The point was, The point was that it allows us to be able to reach back to the place that transcends all of the worlds. The whole point of is, The whole point of it is to be able to ultimately utilize that as the springboard for the deepest form of oneness and connection. So the Ivri Ritzayin, they don't impress him. They also don't deter him. What does this mean in, 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 in our psychological and spiritual life is we all encounter the party life in Rome. What does that mean? What it means is that I'm trying to hold on to my integrity. I'm trying to hold on to Yerushalayim. Yerushalayim is destroyed. You know, sometimes a victim will say, I'm the victim, the perpetrator. He's, he's living a great life. You know, Rome is having fun. And I, the one who's holding on to integrity, the one who's innocent, is, is, is suffering so much. One cries when you hear that. Rabbi Akiva also cried. But Rabbi Akiva understood something. What Rabbi Akiva said was, the whole reason this Ayurvedic Tzayna is that there should be Ayurvedic Tzayna. Nothing happens to you. Things happen for you. That you should be able to go to a place where ultimately not only you'll change the world, not only you'll change yourself, you reach the ultimate place, what does he say? Nekudas halev tshuva that precedes the world. There's also something else he's saying here. For Oivrei Ritzainai, to get hashpa, to get chiyas from Hashem, God couldn't send down the energy in an evolved way because then they wouldn't be who they are. It had to be a nefila. The energy had to fall down, so to speak. It had to go through a quantum leap to be able to be mistranslated in such a drastic way. So the Bakiva is saying, if Ivri Sinai have this, understand Oisei Sinai, that they are going to access Hashem's desire that is higher than all the worlds, not the way it evolves through Chachma and Midas, but the way it's going to be manifested in the core of their heart, which is Tshuva the highest level of Tshuva that precedes every state of the world, which means every state of consciousness, because Tshuva reaches into a place that the Medrash says, Tshuva Kadma La'olam, Tshuva precedes the world. So literally it means God created Tshuva before He created the world, so that we should have hope. The Alter Rebbe says it's much deeper than that. Everything in creation begins with a world. A world means a system, a structure, even the highest spiritual realities. For what? For tshuva. Tshuva is the one thing that takes you beyond consciousness, beyond description, beyond stories, takes you back to atzimus, back to the core, to the essence. That, because it's from the, it's from the, from the negativity, from the challenge, from the trauma, from the confinement, that I, that I, I it becomes a springboard for that infinite awareness. And that's why the Pasuk says, From there, not from Ganeiden, from there, from there, wherever you are, from there, 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 that's where you're going to search. Don't run away. Don't, don't run away. From there, you're going to search as Hashem. 
but Matzas you'll find them because you're going to search for him with all your heart and all your soul. This is where you're going to experience your whole heart and your whole soul. Your whole heart and your whole soul. What's bringing your whole heart and your whole soul? That the heart is going to experience a transformation from one extreme to another extreme. What you call darkness is going to become the greatest source of light. Your darkness is going to become transformed. Not that the darkness is going to be dispelled so that light could come in. What you're calling chayshech, umisham, bikashta misham is Hashem alakach. You're going to find in misham. Because your whole soul, your whole heart, b'chol avavcha, b'chol nafshecha, is going to be transformed. So therefore it's going to include your whole heart and your whole soul because even the darkest parts of your soul are going to become sources of light because it's the darkness itself that's going to bring you to that place of light. And that's the only thing that can grasp the essence. Because if you grasp the essence through, through, through light, you're only grasping that which you can wrap your soul and brain around. But it's precisely from the absence of light that you liberate yourself to what? To the usa deliba that touches the essence. And it translates that the person is completely disgusted with any pleasures that are a distortion of the truth. And you want tveikas. All of this is reflected in the metaphor that we began with. The merchant who removes the money, the gold and the silver from his property and he squanders the money. But there's one purpose. doesn't want to lose his money. I'm investing because the revenue that's going to come back is going to be far greater than the money I've invested. Because if it wouldn't be great, I would leave the money by me. Let me keep it in the pillowcase. Let me put it in my bank. I'm losing money to gain money. And the more money I lose, the more money I may gain. And there's always a risk. the same as with the soul. Even though the soul loses apparently its silver and gold, meaning the love and the awe that was so conscious and manifested becomes dormant because the soul goes on a journey in which it becomes enclosed and becomes eclipsed in the reptilian consciousness or in the mammalian consciousness, in the consciousness of this animal, in the, in the animal consciousness. So the soul becomes eclipsed. So it's money, it's silver and it's gold, it's love and it's ores now covered. This precise investment, yes, has a tremendous advantage. Because it creates ru'us to deliver the yearning of the heart, which is as intense as a glowing flame, which is born precisely from the antithesis, precisely from the opposite, from the extreme experience. And this is the only, this can only happen, therefore, in our world, filled with setbacks, filled with confusion, filled with failure, filled with addiction, filled with the potential and ability for me to completely lose my essence, lose my money, lose my gold, my silver, lose my inner emotional, psychological, spiritual beauty and resources. Lose it. And it's from this that the Ru'usa Deliba, the fire, the Ratzon Halev is created, which takes me to where it catapults me to the Godhead that transcends everything, even the highest spiritual world. V'zehu v'cham hu aviknan. And now he says, let's go back to Chumash. Who is the father of Canaan? Chum. We started the Maimer that Chum and Canaan are not considered the most desired characters in the Tanakh. But Zelomaza, everything that exists in this world has a counterpart in holiness, including Canaan. We explained what business is from a spiritual perspective. He says, now let's go to Chum. Chum means warmth. Right? To warm yourself up. Chum, Chum, Chum. You say it's hot outside. Cham bachutz. Ma'od cham. It's very hot. So he says, when the Pasuk introduces the genealogy of Noyach, Noyach had three sons, Shem, Cham, and Yafas. 
וחום הוא אבי כנען. חום is the father of כנען, it's בזוקף גודל. The cantillation, the musical note is זוקף גודל. זוקף, זוקף גודל. זוקף means it stands up, גודל in a large way. There's זוקף קטון, in the musical cantillations, the musical notes with which we read the Sefer Torah. When a person reads the Torah, you read every word with a musical note. Says the Alter Rebbe, Shechamimus Rishveyesh. What makes Knan happen? What allows your soul to come down here? And instead of just squandering the love and the awe, it becomes Knan. It becomes a blessed business. Venture that turns you in not into a multi-millionaire and not into a multi-billionaire and not even into a multi-zillionaire or sectillionaire. I don't know if I made up a word. But it tur- sectillion is a word I know. I don't know if you could say sectillionaire. But it turns you in to the person that has Ru'usa Daliba with Dveikas in the source of everything. You become one with one. You become one with the ultimate MS. What is it? It's the father of Canaan is always come. It's the warmth. The Vadamkite. Ah, the Vadamkite, the Vadamkite. There was a Yid, he was a rabbi in Crown Heights. He was a Rosh Hashiva in Yeshiva for many years. Rabbi Aaron Shvei. Rabbi Yankel Shvei. Rabbi Aaron Yaakov Shvei. Rabbi Yankel Shvei. So, uh, I was once giving a speech somewhere. I spoke about warmth, passion. See, he tells me afterwards that there was a chassid, his name was Reb Chanoich Hendel Kugel. Reb Chanoich Hendel Kugel, they called him Hendel, Reb Hendel. He was a Chabad chassid, he was by the Tzemach Tzedek, he was by the Rebbe Maharash, and he was by the Rebbe Rashab. This is the third, fourth, and fifth Lubavitcher Rebbes, Reb Hendel. And the sixth Lubavitcher Rebbe was... He felt a very deep affinity to Reb Hendel. He learned a lot from him. He, he watched him, he observed him, and he shares stories from him. So Rav, Rabbi Shvei, Rabbi Yankel Shvei, told me a story that, uh, I don't remember his, the source, but he shared with me the story, that Reb Hendel went into the Lubavitcher Rebbe, the fifth Lubavitcher Rebbe, the Rebbe Rashab. And he said, Rebbe, ich bet kop. I'm not asking you for a good head. I'm not asking you to bless me that God give me a good head. I won't have a good head. I won't be able to understand. Fine. Oh, but hearts. Oh, but give me the hearts. Tell God not to take away my heart from me. Well, I'm a Jew. A Jew needs a heart. A brain is a, is a special gift. I won't have it. He says, but, but don't take away the heart. The truth is that Reb Hendel was a shtikl chum, chum in the sense of real, the real chum, the holy chum. Pure holiness. Pure warmth, pure warmth. You know what the father of Knan is? The father of Knan is chum. Father means this, what makes Knan happen because a child is a product, is the offspring of a father and a mother. So the father is the progenitor, the antecedent, the cause that produces the effect. So he says, what allows the soul to go through this process of Canaan? That instead of losing the money, you become a successful merchant. What's a successful merchant? Not somebody who squanders money and loses it. That's a batlan, that's a shlamazel. That's somebody who's bankrupt. Canaan is a successful business person who makes back the money and makes more money. How do you guarantee that? This is the Chum. Chum is the father of Canaan. Chum is responsible for the soul to be able to go through this process and come out much deeper, much more blessed, much stronger. It's the warmth. That's what he says. And that's why it's Bezak of Gadol. 
וחם, שהוא שחמימוס רישוויש, it's the fire that comes from the exact opposite. That's what makes the soul's journey, Kanan, that it's a schayr, like we say in Eishas Chayil. What do we say over there? Um, he quotes, Tomoki toiv sachra leich babalayla neira. Now think about it. What does it say first? Hoysa kani aysaycha. Hoysa kani aysaycha. Mi merchak tovi lachma. Vatokam biyoid layla vatitin terev. So you remember Friday night, right? It's from Mishle, the end of Mishle. Chapter 31 in Mishle, Proverbs. So what do you say? Hoysa kani aysaycha. She is like like the merchant that goes out on the boats. She brings her bread from the distance. The bread is not available. The merchant has to take a boat and a ship and go to a faraway country. And all, everything is a risk. You can lose all your money. We all know the story of the Rambam's brother, the famous story of David. You have to go far away from a distance to bring the bread. But then we say, Tomoki toif sachra. Ah. To say the schayr is good, it's good. So Alter says, what makes it good? Chum. Because the fire that the soul experiences down in this world, because of the antithesis, because of the concealment, because of what we're calling the restrictions, the toxicity, the wounds, the trauma. Ah, the fire. That fire breaks you down. It causes disintegration. It's a passion, it's a yearning. And what happens? All my stories disintegrate. All my concepts of self, all forms of self-conceptualization and divine conceptualization fall away. Isn't that what fire does? You put something into fire and everything disintegrates, breaks everything up. Nothing is whole anymore. Whatever you put into fire, fire destroys it. Down to the beer bone, and even that it can destroy. The antithesis in this world, the heipuch, the oivre ritzoinoi, creates a fire. That's chum. And in that fire, what happens? You touch the essence. You find out who you are. You become a new person. You become divine. You don't only see yourself as a creation of the divine. You are one with the divine. You become the manifestation of Hashem in this world. Ah. The full verse. Somebody wants to know the full verse. The full verse is in Genesis chapter 9, verse 18. Bereshus. Parshas Noach, Perik Tes Pasuk Yitches. In the song, it go with the with the music. It goes as follows: Vayiyuv Neinoach Hayutzim Min Hateva Shem Vecham Vayafes Vecham Huavi Chinoan. And the children of Noach who left the ark are Shem and Cham and Yafes. And Chom is the father of Chenoan. So the Zakev Gadol is on the words Vicham, on the word Vicham. So the Rebbe says that that is what allows the Neshama to be a Zakev Gadol, to stand up erect. Zakev means Zakuf, Bekomaskufa. You're standing with, in an erect fashion with your full stature. What allows the soul to go from the place of descent into Zakev Gadol and regain its full stature, it's Chum. It's the passion, it's the fire that's created only in this world, which literally is the Ru'usa, the Liba, the desire of the heart. And Dal Tereba continues, I want to finish this paragraph. Ach mikdi mitchil etzarech lahak temchines yirit hatom sheinim shech es mibchines malchusi yizbarech Shehi nikras pchines knan hel yene digdusham. Shemize yale viyove viyagia. Lias pchines knan biyode moizni mirma. Lagila pchines rusa deliba. Pchines pnimi is alev kniskele. 
In order to reach this, a person first has to have a basic level of awe. See, the Al-Tarebbe, the key by him was the authenticity, the honesty, not just in the ends, but also in the means, getting to the ends. There's no skipping. You need Yiritata, which is the basic level of awe, which comes from Malchus. And that's called Knan Hal Yoyna the higher level of Knan in holiness. And then you can reach the Knan that we're talking about, the business Knan, the businessman, to reach Ru'usa Dalibu, which is Pnimiya Salev, which means in this world it's very easy to get stuck. Just being frustrated and trying to emancipate yourself and getting to Atmos will not work if I don't first have the basic discipline, the basic awe not to get stuck in places that will take me away ultimately from my core. Because it's very easy. We live in a world of temptation. And when I'm feeling the pain, I can easily go to addiction. I can go numb myself. I can go distract myself. So he says, first you need the basic year that comes from Hashem's Malchus. What's Malchus? Malchus is Malchus, Malchus, that's the divine energy that is filtered through Malchus, where Hashem is my Melech, Hashem is my master, and I follow His will. So that guards you, it protects you. It's called Yir that protects you from your lower angels that can allow you to numb yourself and distract yourself from your pain and just end up in the abyss and you never even find yourself. So you have to have Yir Tata, which comes from Malchus, and that's basically what they have in the holy worlds, in all of the holy worlds, where you don't have Ru'usa Daliba, you don't have this fire, you don't have this Kanan, but they have the basic idea that the Shekhinah descends into those worlds, he says, that's Kanan in Kedusha. And from there you can reach to a deeper place, which is the Kanan that we're talking about, the business venture, where you reach Ru'usa Daliba, the Pnimi Yisalev. We say in Ashrei, Hashem is close to all those who call out to Him, to all those who call out to Him in truth. What does it mean in truth? Not fake. Tahainu ba'amitis nekudas halev. He's close to all those who call out to him. Then we add to all those who call out in truth. Truth means with your core. Shadayonu Royim, we see practically the Ganva Apum Machtai The Gemara says in Masechus Brachas that a thief, as he or she is about to go through the tunnel that they created under the house to steal. Machteris is like the basement or the tunnel, the underground. So he burrows under, under, beneath in order to get in to steal. So on the mouth of the Machteris, on the mouth of going into the basement, going into the tunnel, Rachman Akariah, he prays to God. A thief, before he begins the act of thievery, is God, please help me, 50% of charity if I'm successful, right? We know that. Va'afa became Oymed so I don't understand. If you're praying to God, you're not praying to Queen Elizabeth. You're not praying to Joe Biden. You're not praying to Donald Trump. You're not praying to Clinton or Obama. You're praying to God. So what's Ganvis to Hashem said, don't steal. He says, it doesn't matter. He prays to God, but he still maintains his immoral behavior. He doesn't even do tshuva from his consciousness. Now he goes sharper, you see. There's a person, he's not a Ganev. He even develops love and awe in his heart. Then davening ends, and it's gone, it dissipates, never happened. He has it, and he loses it. So what's happening? It's not real, it says, it's not that it was inauthentic. The thief is not trying to lie to anybody. Nobody's there to take pictures of him praying. He really feels like he wants to pray to God. But he says, it enters into his consciousness in a state of makif, which means the awareness of Hashem hovers over him. Very powerful words. It doesn't go in, inside. Inside that the heart should be truly, truly affected in the depth, in the truest way. That's what it means to call out in truth. Your whole heart is there. The prophet says, the lip, the, 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 the mouth of truth endures forever and never, ever falters. 
That's the difference. Karav Hashem lechol karav. But there's lechol hashikru ba'emes. With an emes. Emes doesn't only mean that I'm not lying. Emes means it really affects me in my deepest space. People make resolutions. They do good things. The thief davens Tashem and he means it. The addict says, I want a recovery and he means it. This person is even feeling inspiration and they mean it. But the next day it's gone because their core didn't change. It didn't hit the, the, the spot, the spot. That's Pnimi Yisalev, Usa de Libra. Usa Libra is it hits the spot. You know when it hits it. It's like there's no going back. There's no going back. When you hit Nekudah Salev, you're in. Anybody whose Nekudah Salev was touched doesn't go back. Because you're there, you're just there. That's why when somebody touches you, and you're Nekudah Salev, the relationship endures forever. It endures forever. You can't, you can't go away from it. You can't go, it's like saying, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to be your mother. You tell your child, I'm not your mother anymore. I'm not your father anymore. If you're not my mother today, you were never my mother. If you're not my father today, you were never my father. In other words, if the relationship is superficial, fine. So it was and it's gone. But if the relationship touched the core of my heart, so then I'm yours and you're mine. And once that happens, nothing can change it. I can make mistakes. I can forget about it. I can lose it. I can become impulsive. I can run away. I can space out. I can become despondent. But I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. The Nekudah Salev is forever. It's forever. Obviously, Nekudah Salev, there's also, you know, there's the level of Nekudah Salev where it's always revealed. But it's not always revealed. But that's what Alter Rebbe is saying. And that happens in this world. This world, you get Nekudah Salev, Pnimiyah Salev, only in this world. Why? Because, because of the trauma. Okay. Let's take some questions. People are still with me here. You're with me. But he's so quiet today. Benji, you typhus. Okay. Let's see what our Pakistan student says. She always has what to say. Okay, wow. That's why when the Tower of Bavel was destroyed, they forgot the language of each other. They couldn't understand each other anymore. So Hashem wanted them to make a connection with Hashem from where they were rather than trying to reach Hashem in heaven. Ooh, that's deep. They want to reach Hashem in heaven. And he says, you got to reach me on earth. For that, you have to forget the language. It's an original insight. I think it had to come from Pakistan. Couldn't come from America. Wow. Huh? They said, No, no. For that, you have to forget the languages. <laughs> gewaldic, gewaldic, I like. Next, beautiful. I love your analogy. So profound, so nice. Okay, Rebetzindina, Texas. Without friction, there is no forward thrust. Yes. <laughs> what a powerful concept, tshuva, preceding the world. Tshuva means you precede your self-conceptualization. Yeah, okay. Is this supposed to be comforting in terms of knowing about our families that were burnt in the Holocaust? I'm genuinely asking, was their reunification with Hashem worth it? And they understood that? Listen, I can't answer that question. When it comes to tragedies like the Holocaust, and even smaller tragedies than the Holocaust, you know, there's no words that that can adequately describe the pain, and therefore there's no words that can adequately adequately describe the comfort for the pain. <laughs> when it comes to the Holocaust, I just listen. I don't comment. I don't comment. You say that they feel it was worth it. Well, you have a lot of your family that was killed in the Holocaust, so you tell me what they felt. What did your grandmother feel? What did your grandfather feel? They were both survivors of a whole family. What did they feel? What is your calling tshuva? Is that what Musr calls a tikkun? 
What Alter Rebbe calls tshuva, the Alter Rebbe says in the Kut Torah that tshuva is even tzaddikim. Tshuva is not repenting for sin only. That's also tshuva. Tshuva is the relationship that is created following concealment. The relationship that is created after and as a result of dysfunction, of alienation, of setbacks, of failures, even of the pain of distance. That's what tshuva is. The story of Rabbi Akiva, you could look up, it's the end of Meseches Makos, Gemara Makos. You could look it up in an English Gemara, or Hebrew Gemara, whatever it is, and you'll see the whole story there. There's two stories about Rabbi Akiva. This is the first one, and then there's a second story. Literally the last page of Masech Tamakas, Dav Chav Dalad Amud Aleph on the bottom. It ends on Amud Beis, but this is Amud Aleph on the bottom. When we say Rabbi Akiva was laughing, does it mean he was laughing? No, it doesn't mean he was laughing, laughing. Kvelling, meaning he was filled with an inner sense of serenity and purpose. It doesn't mean he was laughing like you laugh at a joke in a frivolous way. The word is sochak. And uh, the Rebbe said over the story, he would say in Yiddish, kvelling. Kvelling means there was an inner sense of, 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 of purpose, of meaning. He was animated. He was stimulated. He was invigorated. He was empowered. That's what that means. He felt joy. He didn't look at it and, and, and just go into the state of, of, of despair, of look at them and look at us. He saw in the destruction, he saw a profound message. This is Rabbi Akiva, and it's an incredible idea. We always have to validate a person's pain, always, and our own pain. You have to validate your own pain. It's not a mitzvah anymore to suppress everything and make believe it doesn't exist and just say, I don't feel, I go on, I'm a soldier. This is a generation of fusion. You have to make space for the pain that your body is feeling. You have to have compassion. Validate it. Rabbi Akiva believed in validating The power of Rabbi Akiva was to see in that pain, not just pain, but to see in it an invitation, an opportunity, and a lesson. Rabbi Akiva's unique skill was to see crisis as opportunity. He cried over the crisis. Remember, he was killed by the Romans. He was killed, and more than killed, tortured, tortured to death. Rabbi Akiva is the teacher of the Jewish people how to be able to look at your own, your own challenges, your own stories, your own narratives, your own obstacles, and the own, your own Rome that you confront. And say, the synthesis between all these maimorim that we learn is awe-inspiring. Despite what sometimes seems to be contradictions, I have learned that different emphasis, depending on the Rebbe's discussion in that maimer, when you peel away the layers, you suddenly realize that it's all one. Does tshuva only come from negative experiences? Can it come from a positive one? Yes, it could come from a positive one. That's gula. Tshuva could come also from a positive experience, which is when the person appreciates infinity. When joy teaches me about gratitude, when a joyous experience, when a joyous experience teaches me about the need for gratitude and the source of the joy. It's just that we live in a world where we respond to the negativity because we want to liberate ourselves from it. Part of Gu'ula is that I don't need the negativity to reach the essence. On the contrary, the positivity brings me to that same place. Very good point. I think now I get it. What we're explaining is that I can change my narrative and feel an inner sense of purpose, give myself permission for that. Yes, excellent. But that permission can only come when you validate the pain. Because if I invalidate the pain, I'm running away. And when I, listen to this, when you run away from your pain, you also run away from the opportunity and the pain. 
I was reading a book by Edith Ager, you know, the Auschwitz survivor, Edith Ager. She wrote a book called The Choice and the Gift. The Choice is an incredible book, an incredible book. I think everybody should read it. And then she has a second book, The Gift. So she was writing in one of the books. She's a therapist in La Jolla. So she says that uh, when a patient comes into me and I ask this and this question and they start crying. So she writes in the book, I'm laughing. I just found it interesting, a little humorous. She says, oh, they're crying? That's good. It means I hit the spot. If, 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 if I dismiss the pain, I also dismiss the opportunity. Remember the Alter Rebbe's words from Moshe Rabbeinu, Ubikashtem Misham, 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 from that place, not, not from Ganeid. The Mithra Rebbe says, not from Ganeid, Misham. So if I don't validate the pain, I run away from the pain, I'm running away from the opportunity too. So you have to feel that pain very much. And then you give yourself permission and say, you have permission to go deeper. It's really permission. You see, we have to stop thinking of things in terms of you're not allowed to, you have to, you're going to get punished because we close up. Think of it in terms of very beautiful how you put it, permission. It's an opportunity, it's a gift. You could stay with the pain and just say, you know, life is bad and I've been wounded and my childhood and my adulthood and my marriage and my father and my mother, my brother, my sister, my wife, my shvigar, my community, my rabbi, my rabbits in my school, my kids, my issues, my money, my finances, my mental challenges, my mental illness, my anguish, my depression, my whatever it is. Everyone can apply these words to whatever works and hopefully nothing works by you because life is blissful. Got it. Can you give yourself now permission? Or are you going to allow the toxic experiences to control you completely and kill you? Give yourself permission. That's what he's saying. Permission to use this as a catalyst for chum. V'cham. You hear that? Was that melody? V'cham. I love Zakiv Gadol. V'cham. It's a synthesis of pain and joy. V'cham, there's a yearning, there's a pining, there's a certain inner anguish, but there's also a resoluteness. V'cham, it's allowing the challenge to elevate you. It's giving permission to yourself to see your challenge as an opportunity. Our generation is learning to feel the pain, the pain of the past, the pain of the present, the pain of the Holocaust. And then we could learn to grow from it, holding both things at the same time. Yeah. Holding both things at the same time is very powerful. Now, somebody says, I still don't understand what Rabbi Akiva is saying. On a literal level, Rabbi Akiva is saying that if this is what God is giving to the Romans, rewarding them for the few good things they did. Imagine what he's going to give one day to the Jewish people who are dedicated to Hashem. Well, the Rebbe is going one step deep, and they say, everything comes from Hashem. If this is the divine energy that's coming down after so many levels, and it's feeding Rome, but it's all divine energy, so they're taking God's pleasure and utilizing it and harnessing it in what the Romans were into. He says, imagine those who get the core of God's pleasure, the source of God's pleasure, how profound it is. He's saying also something much deeper. And that is, the whole reason that is the whole reason you have this confrontation with Rome is to bring you to your own deepest level. So if this is what they're getting, when their whole purpose is, and he's saying something more. And that is, for them to get this energy from Hashem, the energy had to come from a very high place, Erech which come down very, very low, because the lower levels of godliness would not feed Rome. It's from Erech which is infinity, that allows the energy to go down so low. So he says, if this is what they're getting, imagine, we're grasping the essence that is beyond Chachma and Midas in a much more infinite way. That's what the Maimah is explaining. It's not so simple, I know. It's, it's, it's a deep concept. Okay, let's take the next question here. A lot of questions, beautiful. Thank you for the questions. I enjoy it very much because it means that somebody is listening and you care enough to ask, you know. When you finish a class and nobody has a question, it's like, okay, 
There's 21 comments on the website. <laughs> 21 comments. Thank God not, not all our questions. Rabbi Akiva knew that Hashem arranged things. There is a constant repetition of a threefold plan. Stage one, elevation and purity. Step two, fall. Step three, tshuva and return. Yet higher than before. We see this with the original eight sadas. Generation of flood, generation of tower of Babel, the story of Joseph, the story of Egypt, the story of the calf, the building and destruction of the temples. We even see this in our personal lives. We start out pure, and then we make missteps of one sort or another, and then we do tshuva and we pair the breaches before returning our souls. These historical ups and downs are true for each of these repetitive mini-stories and will be true with the final historical step three, the final tshuva and return higher even before with the coming of Mashiach and the rebuilding of the third temple. Okay, beautiful. Chevra, I'm going to uh, wish you all an amazing day and an amazing week. I think we're going to finish the Mimer on Friday. Bli Neder Friday morning, but we'll announce it and it'll be on the website. We'll also send out a WhatsApp. If you're not signed up to our email or WhatsApp, please sign up. If somebody says, I don't understand my spouse, but I love them. Right? It's better than saying, I understand my spouse, but I don't love them. Right? If somebody says, I, I don't understand my child, but I love them. Okay. I don't understand God, but I love him. That's good. Much better than the other way. Wishing you all the love and blessings and an inspiring and meaningful and uplifting week. Thank you for joining us. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.